There have been several times in, in ministry, I've been preaching for probably 28, 29 years now, that on a weekend like this, just before July 4th, that I planned something else that was just kind of on my heart, and I got to the pulpit and just thought, man, that stinks. We should have celebrated America. I mean, recognize America is worthy of being celebrated because of our foundation. If you believe that, can you say a good amen? I want to talk to you about America today. On July 4th, we think of freedom as a nation and as a people. On this date, in July 4th, three days from now, in 1776, there was signed in the city of Philadelphia one of America's greatest historical documents, the Declaration of Independence. And it marked the birth of this great nation, which under God, and I want to underscore that, which under God, which is the title of my message today, under God was destined to have world leadership and greatness. In three days, we celebrate 242 years of freedom. We are free to live. We are free to love. We are free to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can we applaud the majesty of God and thank God that we are free to worship the Lord? We are free as a nation. Listen closely. We are free as a nation because brave men and women have fought for that freedom with their very eyes, some even laying down their lives for our freedom. And I want to just throw this out just so everybody knows where my stance is regarding the heroes of the United States of America. It's not the spoiled, rotten athlete, although some athletes are okay. It's not the rock star, the rapper. It is the veterans who have defended the freedom of the United States of America. If you are a veteran, would you please stand to your feet? If you are a veteran, please, all over the building, stand to your feet. I want you to look at the true heroes of America, and we salute you with applause. You can be seated. But thank God for the freedom that we have as Americans. But how many recognize that we must be most grateful that we are spiritually free because of a loving and almighty Savior by the name of Jesus that would rather die than live without us? Our spiritual freedom was not one with cannonballs or, or, or bullets, but with three nails and a cross, him laying his life down, buried in a borrowed tomb, raised from the dead on the third day, ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God, who forever lives to make intercession force. If you are grateful for the spiritual freedom that we have, can we applaud our Savior this morning? I, I want to talk to you today about the United States of America. And I believe some of this would uh, be represented to other nations across the world, but some of the precepts. But today I want to specifically talk to you about the United States of America. And this is a message that's being preached on all of our campuses nine times this morning. I want to talk to you about, number one, America yesterday. And I just want to get this out there. A nation established on God's Word. A nation established on God's Word. Can you say amen? And I want to prove that through Scripture and through some of our founding fathers. Would you turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 33, verse 12. Psalm chapter 33, verse 
12. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Let's read that out loud on the count of three. One, two, three. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen for his own inheritance. Can you say amen? I want to talk to you about America yesterday, established on the Word of God. In 1620, the very first pilgrims arrived. They were a little band that crossed the Atlantic in a sailboat that was 26 feet wide and 113 feet long. They landed on the eastern coast of America in the bitter cold of winter. And as they stepped off the boat, they signed the Mayflower compact, and it was a governing document for the Plymouth colony. It was written by the passengers of the Mayflower, consisting of separatists, Puritans, adventurists, and tradesmen. They were fleeing from the religious persecution from the king of England. You're going to love this. The second paragraph begins with, and I quote, for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Again, for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. George Washington, ever heard of him? Can you say amen? The very first president of the United States of America. And I quote, Bless, O Lord, the whole race of mankind, and let the world be filled with the knowledge of thy Son, Jesus Christ. And he says, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. How many recognize we need to quote that often in the day that we live in right now? Patrick Henry, America, American religious, uh, excuse me, revolutionary leader. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often, listen closely, that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Benjamin Franklin, I have lived long, sir, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see that this truth, the God, that God governs the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is probable that an empire cannot rise without his aid. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is is the Lord. America is blessed because of our foundation. Those who have went on before us that that founded this nation, not on religion, but on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a great nation because of our foundation. If you believe that, can you say a great big amen? We were founded on the grace of God, the gospel of the Lord, the word of God, and that is why America is great. So America yesterday, it is, a, it is a, a nation founded on the Word of God. Now, I believe as believers that you believe this with me, that as long as you were following the precepts of the Word of God, you were under the covering of Almighty God, and God's going to bless you. But I don't know about you, if you believe this or not, but I personally believe that if you start straying from the Word of God, the precepts found in the Bible, that God will take His hand off of your life, off of a nation. I believe it's a long, slow process, but I want to talk to you right now about America today. I believe we are a nation adrift. 
that we've lost our way. And I, I understand that we're starting to see some things that are, are starting to point us back to the bedrock of our faith. But I need to talk to you today about America today, a nation adrift. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, we must give, give the most earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. Um. Uh, interesting thing about drifting. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat or maybe in a tube. Growing up in Northern California, I used to tube the Feather River. Uh, but it's interesting if you, you don't have the anchor down in a boat and, and you can just drift. But what, what we need to understand, a lot of times when you are drifting, you kind of maybe take a little little snooze, a little siesta, and you wake up, a little power nap, five minutes, and you're, you've just kind of drifted from where you started. So it is. It is possible to take a little snooze, to get your eyes off of the precepts of the Word of God, and to begin drifting just a little bit at a time, just a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more. I don't know about you, but we have drifted far from our founding father's foundation. But it's not too late, and we haven't drifted too far. If we will come back to the bedrock of our faith, which is Jesus Christ, I believe our greatest days are in our future for the United States of America. Can you say amen? When you are not anchored, you are going to drift. And our anchor is the Word of God, the anchor of our soul. It holds. It will withstand the storms of life. It will withstand, it will withstand persecution. But we got to stand strong, and the anchor is the Word of Almighty God. It can't be rewritten. If wrong is wrong, it's always going to be wrong. If right is right, it's always going to be right. It doesn't matter what this politician says, what but this proponent of whatever says the Word of God is the final word, and on the Word of God we stand. Can you say a good amen? They're trying to rewrite laws, precepts that were grounded in the Word of God. Do you know that um, I, I, just in California, there's a mass, by the way, do you realize there is a mass exodus from California? <laughs> they say 500,000 people are moving to the Treasure Valley in the next 10 years. What, what we are finding is a lot of them are Californians just wanting to get out of such liberal policies. Uh, let me just read just, just a couple. In California, they're trying to pass a law that has in its language wording that would make it a fraud to declare that anything or that anyone, namely God, can transform one's life or sexuality. That preachers can be sued if they preach that, that there's a way out of your hell, there's a way out of your pain, and his name is Jesus. By the way, do you know that last year they passed a law declaring that if you are like a, 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 a faith-based uh, ministry that is trying to, to, to keep babies in mama's wombs, that, that you've got to provide at least talk about the, 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 another option called abortion, this isn't just planned this is not planned parenthood this is faith based ministries kind of quiet in here isn't it 
But do you know just last Tuesday, the Supreme Court uh, reversed that? Now, we are a nation divided. That vote was five to four. But we, we won that back. Can you say good amen? <laughs> Have you heard that Toys R Us are going under now selling all their buildings? Do you know they were one of the leading, listen to this, they were one of the leading supporters for Planned Parenthood. They literally were killing their future. America was founded on the Word of God. America today is adrift. It's drifting away from the precepts of the Bible at the very uh, top of our levels of government, there's division. That's why it is absolutely imperative, listen closely, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ be united because only a church united can bring hope and healing to a world divided. It's not a political answer. We've tried that over and over and over again. The pendulum that swings this way and then this way. I don't know about you, but the only hope for America is not in a politician. It's in the Savior. Come on, can you say a good amen? If you believe that, put your hands together. It's Jesus. It seems like in America there's no moral compass. And there's a battle for the soul of America. And I believe with all of my heart it's a battle that we must win. Winston Churchill, he lived from this perspective. And I quote, to every man there comes in his lifetime that special moment when he is figurative, tapped on the shoulder and offered a chance to do something very special, listen closely, unique to him and fitted to his talents. King David lived from this perspective in Acts chapter 13 verse 26. For David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, he fell asleep and was buried with his fathers. The Apostle Paul lived from this perspective in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. He says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The Bible said that we got more than enough power to change the world. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. I don't know about you. It's time to start using the power of God to change the lives of people who are adrift in the things of God. The power of God, the the blessings of the Holy Spirit, it's not just for your personal edification and enjoyment, although it is. But I don't know about you, but I want my life to make a difference. How many want your life to make a difference? Let me see your hands all over the building. You, you got the power. There is power from on high. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9 says. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. If you're not standing firm in your faith, according to the Word of God, you are not standing at all. So I want to get practical. So what do we do as blood-bought, spirit-filled believers? How do we stand firm in our faith? I would encourage you to write some of this down. By living our lives according to the precepts of the Word of God. This 
is our anchor. This is our true north. It is the word of Almighty God. If you believe that, can you say amen? In spite of what some believe, God will not rewrite his word. Right will always be right. Wrong will always be wrong. I believe that it is time if we would put the Bible back in our school system, our schools would change. Our students would change. But listen, let me challenge us today. We need to put the family altar back in our homes. We need to put the family altar back in our homes. And I'm charging you now with every fiber of DNA as your pastor. If you do not have an altar in your home, you make sure you build one. It might be the the living room table. It might be the dinner table. How many just love the dinner table? But it's a place where we assemble our family. And we talk about the precepts of the Word of God. We don't just wait and we just don't depend on our children's and youth pastors to instill the Word of God. That, that, that they exist to reinforce what's going on in the home. So, so we need to put the Word of God back in our school. We need to pray. And by the way, do you know the Word of God is in the schools through our children and through our young people and through our, through our college students? A hundred years ago when I was a youth pastor, um, I, I was preaching um, three times every single week, I was in two junior highs and I was in one senior high. Every single week, we used to call it Youth Alive. And our church was so crazy, they, they gave me an unlimited budget for pizza. How many would love to attend a church like that? <laughs> and we'd advertise free pizza. And we would pack out the classroom. And there would be lines of teenagers outside the door just trying to listen. Well, I know they probably weren't there to listen to me, but they wanted a piece of pizza. And it was student-led. And I preached it for a while. Then we raised up three times a week, two junior highs and one senior high. How many recognize um, the Word of God is active, it's alive, and we got to get it in the hearts of our children and young people. Can you say a great big amen? But we got to restore the family altar as well. Next, by engaging our communities with love and generosity. Can I say this? Just because I disagree with someone's choices doesn't mean that I don't love them. That's what they try to bring division. If you don't agree with my choices, you just don't, you hate me. No, we're not to hate people. We're to hate sin and what has people bound. We're to love people. Can you say amen? Next, by voting for candidates that represent biblical values and making your voice and your life heard when it matters most. As we're praying, as we're fasting, the local and the regional and general elections, we are allowing God's holy word to guide us as we cast our ballot, as we cast our vote. We cannot afford to become complacent. Complacent, Can you say amen? But listen, I, I want to challenge us today because I, I know some of you are Republicans, some of you are Democrats, some of you are Libertarians, I'll get it out, um, Independents. But listen, as blood-bought, spirit-filled Christians, listen closely. We don't follow a donkey. We don't follow an elephant. We follow the lion of the tribe of Judah. We follow the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we vote accordingly. We vote accordingly. Next, by reaching people who don't know the Lord yet. That's our why. Too many churches, they don't know their why. 
Why are the lights on? Why did we worship? Why are we receiving an offering? Why are we being taught the Word of God? So that we can be fired up and make a difference in the lives that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ yet. How many recognize that a lot of people are finding the Lord and being born again, being pulled out of sin and being, being brought into the family of God and being saved and being restored in Jesus' name in, in Nampa, in Caldwell, in Oroville, and in November in Boise, Idaho. Can you shout a great big amen? But listen, Jesus died for people. So we got to reach them got to be built in the faith. we got to stand in the Word of God. We literally have to love people to life. And I love our promise at Christian Faith Center. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter how you voted. Doesn't matter what you did last night. We will not beat you up. We will love you in. Somebody scream amen. I'm so grateful that 38 years ago that I was so messed up, confused, broken, drug this, drug that, drink this, drink that that there was a pastor by the name of Pastor E.E. E. Smith. Oh, other people, they looked at me, they, they judged me, but Pastor Smith, he picked up my beer bottles that I was breaking in his church parking lot, and he loved me to life. Now you know where that statement come from. I got that from my spiritual father, Pastor Smith. It doesn't matter how many recognize that God's grace is stronger than what someone did last night or last week. They just, we just got to get them to the Lord, and God can change them. Can you scream amen? So our evangelism strategy, I want to keep this before us. It's very simple, very simple. Invest in the lives of the lost and invite them to church. We have invite cards we print out by the thousands. Invite, pour into their lives, uh, minister to them, and invite them to church. You know that 74% of Christians surveyed got saved because a friend invited them to church. It works. This is a church filled with, do you know that we don't do any advertising anymore? How, how many recognize the greatest advertisement is a changed life? That's how we advertise a Christian faith center, through changed lives. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Jesus said, the world will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. With God as our anchor, if you're following in our notes on our church app, with God as our anchor, the Word as our map, the Holy Spirit as our compass, we must get the United States of America back on course. Again, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Can you say amen? Let me tell you a story about a a precious lady. She uh, uh, was very educated for back in her day. Matter of fact, she was a legal secretary. And she got married. And uh, got married, married a guy that abused her, and she divorced him. And then she married another guy in Arizona. And this guy and, and his wife, they decided that they were going to move to California. And this lady could have stayed in Arizona, made a lot of money, but she said, I I'll go. And they moved to Oroville, California. And this lady, she worshiped at a Southern Baptist church. She oversaw their potlucks. How I many know our us Assembly of God people can learn from the Southern Baptist potlucks? It's okay. She was a church treasurer. She oversaw the potlucks. She was a junior high Sunday school teacher. And a lot of people maybe in, in the eyes, in their eyes, might have looked at this little lady as just a little life. Just a, a little lady, little life, going through life. 
But what you don't understand, she prayed for her family. She prayed for her grandchildren every single day of her life. And I am the product of her prayers. That is my Nana Sears. She prayed me out of desperation. She prayed me out of addiction. She literally prayed me out of the flames of hell. Don't you know that God honors the prayers of a praying Nana or a praying Papa in Jesus' name? Her prayers changed my life. And I'm not all this big, you know, bag of chips or anything like that. But I'm telling you what, her impact lives on through me. I mean, recognize when you get somebody in the presence of God and they are saved, there is an echo that echoes throughout eternity. Can you say amen? Never Never underestimate the power of your influence. No life lived before God is small. Can I say this? You can never be too small for God to use you, only too big. Stay small, but recognize you are not insignificant. You don't live a small life. You are big in the spirit. She was about this big around, but she was a heavyweight in the eyes of God. You are significant in the eyes of God. Your gifts, your callings, your pain, your past, your history that's been under the blood and God has brought healing can bring healing to those who need it most. So I understand it's not you. It's the Lord in you. Can you say a good amen? So America yesterday, a, a nation founded on the word of God. America today, a nation adrift. I want to talk to you now with my, the time I have left. I want to talk to you about America tomorrow, a nation reborn. A nation reborn. I'm very grateful for the United States of America. We just put our hands together one more time. We're, we're grateful. Thank you, Lord. We, we, we understand that, that we strayed. We're, we're adrift. But I believe with every fiber of DNA in my body that our greatest days in our future, a nation reborn. Listen to this. Abraham Lincoln, and I quote, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. I believe that's the heart of God, that this nation under God would have a new birth of spiritual freedom. I still believe that America's only hope is in a shore to shore move of Almighty God, that God is looking for His church to rise up and make a difference. God that would live lives that would honor God, that, that would cry for a move of God, cry for revival. Matter of fact, what God is doing now, it's not because of Kelly and I and our leadership. It's because of those who went before us that, that in between the, the, the morning service and the Sunday evening service, they didn't go home. I'm told little grandmas didn't go home. They just wept in the altar and prayed for revival. And God honors the prayers of his saints. I'm looking at the Meltons right back there. You don't know how many years they prayed for their boy. And I joined them for years. And now the boy is saved and in ministry at Christian Faith Center. How many recognize when you cry in the presence of God, God honors tears. And I believe that there's been people crying out to God for a move of God in the United States of America. Oh, I'm grateful for the day of Pentecost. I'm grateful for the Azusa Street Revival, Topeka, Kansas. But what about today? I believe God wants to move today. He wants to move today in a powerful, powerful way. We've got too many weak preachers in the pulpit today. They're just going with the flow. How many recognize only dead things go with the flow? 
I don't want to go with the flow. I want to go against the flow. I want my life to be significant in the eyes of God. I want my life to make a difference just like God sending his son has made a difference in our life. Somebody's got to stand for righteousness in the midst of a fallen world. Somebody got to raise the, Jesus, the banner of Jesus high. Somebody got to tell people that there's a way out of their sin, that Jesus didn't die for their problems. Jesus died for their sin. Somebody got to tell that there's a way out of people's hell. The only answer for America is a move of the spirit of Almighty God. Our hope is not in who occupies the courts of Congress, but in who occupies the courts of heaven. It's not who's seated in political places. It's who's seated on the throne of heaven. It's not the senator. It's the Savior. And I believe with all of my heart that God wants to raise up a people filled with the Spirit of God, living lives in such a way that we resonate with the Word of God. And the Word of God is a part of our life. I believe with all of my heart the outlook on the world is exceedingly dark, but the uplook is exceedingly bright and glorious because our King is coming. Somebody didn't hear me. I said our King is coming. He's coming for a victorious church. I don't know about you, but the early church, you know, we, we get criticized quite a bit because of the size of our church. But, you know, the, the early church was a mega church. And I don't think there's anything wrong with a small church for maybe six to nine months, 12 months, because anything that is of God, a New Testament church is going to grow. Let's see, 120 people on the day of Pentecost, and then 3,000 people got saved. The first post-Pentecost sermon, the next chapter, another 11,000. By the time you get to Acts chapter 17, they're, they're accused of turning the world upside down. We live in a world that's upside down, that needs to be turned right side up, and the only hope is Jesus. The only hope is Jesus. Nation reborn. Would you stand to your feet? I want you to take personal responsibility with the influence that you have. Don't just go through life. Make a difference every single day. You know, I'm told that every single person has influence over a minimum of 40 people. What happens would happen if you leverage that influence. That every day, maybe it's just a kind word. Kelly is so good at this. We'll be, we'll be shopping, and she's pretty good at shopping too. How many men, husbands, feel my pain? But it's not uncommon to see a, a little um, clerk there or check out whatever and you can tell they're just having a horrible day or someone in front of us just reamed them. And Kelly's so good at this, just a kind word. Hey, I want to let you know, you're doing a great job. That person in front of me, they don't know what they're talking about. A kind word can change someone's life. Maybe it's just being a little more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I believe that there's a holy moment in every day to touch someone with eternity can't tell you how many times I've been in the hospital to pray for someone and I'll meet someone in an elevator. <laughs> if you will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, God will use you. And we live in a nation that needs to be changed one person at a time. And you are all he's got. The Bible says 
in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 and 15. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place.